Well, we want to welcome you to the Awakening Moments podcast today. I am here with Rhonda and we are going to talk a little bit about calling today, which is a great conversation and an interesting one. And like, you know, even at our stage of life, you know, having lived our careers out, having accomplished like many of the things that, you know, if I, if I were thinking back to like the twenties and the thirties, the dreams that you've had, you've seen a lot of things happen. You've seen a lot of things come to fruition. It's interesting to talk about calling at this stage of life. At every single stage of life, calling comes up and there's a constant sort of um, working out of what it is that we're sensing that God is inviting us into, calling us into, leading us towards. And I love that this is a conversation that's relevant no matter kind of where you're at. And it's a powerful one. It's a powerful it one really to dig is. into. And we're going through a really, really good book um, with our staff team called Strength Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership by Ruth Haley Barton. And it's a good one, eh? It's absolutely, if you're honestly listening oh. to this podcast, you need to pick up this book. It's great. And you don't have to be a pastor to read this. No, like it no. literally will be transformative as yeah. you're just leaning into her conversations in the book. It has been yeah. a, a gift, especially having done Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Right. And then going right into this, it's been just beautiful tools yeah. and awareness yeah. to pay attention That's to right. what's going on. Because it's really helping you to lean into the space of being. It's, yes, it's yes. really helping to like just look at everything through the lens of what you're doing through the lens of who you are and leaning into that being space, which is such an important part of the calling conversation. I want to just read a quote from the book from one of the chapters um, from the chapter on the conundrum of calling. And it says this, the soul of leadership begins with who we are really not who we think we are, not who we'd like to be, not who others believe us to be. God's call includes, yet is not limited to, the particularities of our life, our heritage, our personality, our passions, and even our current life situation. Mm. And I think that's really interesting to just kind of anchor this conversation from, because one of the things from calling that I find really, really fascinating is this space of engaging in and understanding who you really are in terms of your characteristics, your personality, your sort of innate wiring, your temperament, all of those spaces. And like, how does that play into what God has called you to do and how he wants to use your life for his glory? Because they're very connected. They're very, very connected. And the beautiful thing is often the things we sense God calling us into can feel larger than us. They feel like they are more than what we could do in our own strength. And yet we see that God promises he's going to be with us. So there's this beautiful marrying of who we really are and how God wants to use us in that space with calling us to something that's bigger than who we are so that we rely, we put our reliance on God. And that other side for me really comes around your spiritual gifts. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit and your spiritual gifts is like this space of like 
this is bigger than just me. I Yes, my wiring and how I am and my personality kind of play into this, kind of lend me towards, but the spiritual empowerment side, you recognize the things that God wants to do with your life, the supernatural things that God wants to use your life for and and walk with you are bigger than you, are grander than you. And we need to rely on the Holy Spirit and partner with the Holy Spirit in this beautiful full circle picture of you know, executing our calling. And I just love how those two fit together. I love that. And I think even as we're talking about calling, you know, you have your primary calling and your secondary calling. And I think part of the, what we're wired to do or how God has made us is part of your secondary calling. Like we all have a unique gift. And I think we, we definitely have talked about this. We can't compare to one another. You're uniquely designed how God's created you to be with a purpose, a distinct, unique personality, gift set, spiritual gift, acquired skills, all of those things that God's wired into you that personally put together, like he has designed every single fabric of who you are from the color of your hair to your disposition, to the way you laugh. Like that's how intimate God created you. He knows, like, I love that he says, he knows the hairs on your head. He literally counted them when he put them in. Like he has intimately designed you. However, I think for myself, Laura, as I look back in calling and we're all called. Okay. So just because you're in full-time ministry, that does not mean they're called. There's two different camps here. We're all called. We're all called to work out what God's asked us to do on earth. We're ambassadors for him with a purpose, living out purpose to serve him in our unique ways. However, I think where I have often got mixed up is I've often in my past was putting the primary call is to love God and be his, to be present with him, to be known by him, to be loved by him, to be secure in who I am in him. And the outflow is the secondary call of how I live from that place, how I live out of that. However, many of my years, I struggled with the primary calling being my dominant role and not being reliant on moving from, we were talking about right there, that space of it, the calling, what I was asked, feeling like God called me to was always bigger, but relying on my own strength, relying on my own independence, comparing myself, trying to make myself better instead of relying on who I was on Christ, really focusing on that centering with God and allowing the overflow to be a stewarding of that relationship, like that joy of stewarding what God's given me. But it was always like, I am going to be this so God could love me. I'm going to do this so I can prove myself to God that I'm worthy. I'm going to achieve this so I can see that I'm enough. Because deep down, and I think this is so beautiful when I read through scriptures, even Moses in the burning bush, you think of Gideon, you think of so many. I have felt many years as an imposter. I think you there's like this imposter thought in my head like, what am I doing in this position? How am I leading this? How, if only they knew how little I knew, if only they knew that this feels way bigger than what I could handle, or that I feel like a little out of my water, like in the depths here, but that's exactly how God's kept it. But instead in for many years of relying on God and saying, okay, God, I'm going to anchor myself and move from a place of rest and security and supernatural empowerment from you. I'm going to try to puff myself up or make myself be something. And what does that do? That caused a lot of perfectionism, fear, striving, not feeling like enough, and a lot of confusion that came with that. And that was for many years. And so I feel like the, the whole 
topic of calling is very close to my heart because, you know, for many years I was called into ministry. I could speak when I was about nine years old. I wrestled with my calling. I wrestled with what that looked like. And I didn't really have a lot of people around me that understood what that was like and to navigate that through. And so how did I do it? I just thought, well, I've got to become that instead of God, you've called it. You're going to make it happen. I want to be fully in love with you and then be able to walk in what you've asked me to do in obedience. Instead, it was like I felt this pressure that now I feel called in ministry. I have to be something in ministry. And that was a very unhealthy shift where my secondary calling took dominance over the primary call that we all have to love God and be close to him. And so I spent many years wrestling out my calling, fighting my calling, resenting my calling, wondering why am I called to this? This is terrible. And feeling like just so robbed in that space for many years. And I think it's just a beautiful thing. Like even in the book, as we've been going through it, when it talks about settling into what we've learned about our calling, like where have you settled into your calling? I am so grateful. I think the words I would say to myself years ago, and I hope if there's someone listening today that maybe you feel like a really unique calling, maybe it's a calling in how you want to make a difference in business a calling in your family, a calling in teaching, a calling, and maybe you feel called into full-time ministry, whatever that mission work, whatever that may look, I would say just die fast. (laughs) You know, I wrestled for years, wrestled out this feeling like I had to figure it out. I had to have clarity. I had to really understand what my calling was. What am I wired to be instead of God? I fully want to be surrendered to you and I so want to be in love with you and I just want to be open-handed that wherever you call me to, I'm open to go. So if I would have died a lot faster, I spent many years wrestling out things that actually weren't important, that actually put me into spaces that were not healthy, that did not serve anything good of the spirit, that actually robbed me of intimacy with God, robbed me from real intimacy and community, robbed me from even the joy of serving in full-time ministry. But the faithfulness of God is he led me through it. And like a Jacob wrestling in the dark, you know, I, I was able to wrestle through and he broke my hip, broke some independence, broke some pride in me to be able to bring me into probably, I feel right now, some of the most fruitful years of my life. But it came through a lot of turmoil. And I look back, it feels like a lot of wasted. Nothing's wasted on God. I want to be very clear about that. But There was some years I think, wow, like that was a lot of robbing that took place of not fruitfulness inside. Outside, people wouldn't have known that, but inside, a lot of wrestling with God instead of just dying and saying, God, you've called me to this. I want to so absorb myself in you and move from a place of security in who I am in you and let you do what only you could do because I can't, I can't even do this on my own. You know, if you've called me to it, it's way bigger than me. And I love that when we look through scripture, Moses never felt qualified. You know, none of the ones we look at, even Esther, like she needed Mordecai to be pumping her tires. Look at Gideon hiding out like so many that we look through for scripture. They never came rising out of the gates, like bring it on David, forgotten even by his father. Like he's not even called out of the fields to come when Samuel shows up. He's not even, he's forgotten by that. He's kind of just a little shepherd boy. God really calls the heart And I think the calling that places, if we focus too much on like, how am I wired to be? It is a really important thing. I want to say it's both and. We need to understand how God's wired us. I think that's really important 
because it helps us to really maximize our investment and our stewardship of what God's placed in our hands, not compare ourselves, not try to be something we're not called to be. However, that should never override that our dominant call is to love Jesus and let him lead us. And oftentimes he'll lead us where we don't feel comfortable. We may feel really out of our, our even skill set, out of what we feel we can even do, but that's how God does it. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful space to be in that dependency on God. And that dependency on God is exactly where he is leading Mm -hmm. us to be in all of it, in the Mm -hmm. whole conversation of calling. It is to get to that place of utter and complete dependency on God, which is why I love how you said die fast. Just die fast. (laughs) Die fast. Like let any of those desires of your heart, any of the way that you think it's supposed to look, like all of those things that sort of block or stand in the way of you being able to see how God wants to love you and how you're called to love him and how the identity, like your core identity, that primary and secondary calling is a real key in this because um, I think what, what, what you're saying, Rhonda, is your primary calling is the calling to be. That's the first and foremost calling. And so when you can embrace that, when you can walk in that, when you can live from that, the secondary calling actually becomes a lot easier to figure out because it removes all of the striving. It removes all of the like, I need to figure this out. I need to get this perfect. I need to find or figure out how to have significance in God's kingdom. No, your significance exists from this primary calling of your identity in Christ. Mm. And that's honestly such a place of freedom. That's such a place of rest. That's such a place of power, like power more than any other kind of power, like literally Holy Spirit power. If you know who you are and you cannot be robbed of your identity in Christ, like that is such a powerful anchor. Your life is being built on the solid rock. And I think it is challenging because that's the place where the enemy continually brings, um, like his attacks against us. It's where the enemy continues to try to rob us. It's in that identity piece. It's in that being piece. And that is our primary spot that we're supposed to anchor from into the doing. And when it's reversed, and it often is, we often try and discover the doing part and practice the doing part and put ourselves in lots of different situations, scenarios, opportunities to discover the doing part. When if we put our energy and our effort into the being part, the being with God, the being loved by God, the loving God, the identity in Christ, the belonging to God as a child of God, the coming to him and receiving the gift that he's given us of salvation and redemption and restoration and literally coming from that posture, not like, look at all the things I can do for you, God, coming from that place, all of a sudden the other side begins to take care of itself. Mm. You become the fullness of who you were always created to be. You connect and you, um, 
begin to walk in the fullness of exactly what we were talking about at the beginning of what was described in that book of how your wiring and your personality and every part of who you are and how God created you to be comes into play when you sit in that place of being like this is where it all comes together and I feel like when it comes to this conversation about calling there's like this beautiful place of acceptance Mm. of acceptance of you know even going all the way back to the family that you were born in to the way that you were raised to the things you've learned over your life all the way to the current circumstance that you find yourself in like God actually wants to bring all of those pieces together for you in this beautiful weaving of a tapestry of your life And he wants to use them all for his glory. Like this is the beautiful journey that he's got us on where so often along the way we live in regret. We look back at our life and think like, I wish I was born into a different family. We live in um, spaces of like, I wish I never made these decisions. I wish I never, my life never took down this turn. We look at our life circumstances and maybe our financial situation, maybe the current job that we're in. And we feel like all of these things are blocking or holding us back from stepping into the fullness of our purpose where actually like God wants to redeem all of those Mm. things as part of his purpose for our lives but that is only done in the journey of truly understanding our being Mm. and our being with him the 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 literal call to be to belong to God and have our identity rooted in that place and that's such a beautiful and a powerful thing and it's supernatural like I love to even in your description Rhonda how you were just describing like when you focus on the doing side the secondary calling and yes you have that too that's part of this beautiful tapestry but when you put a lot of effort energy and focus on that side of things What happens is like you're trying to figure it out and you're putting a lot of energy on trying to figure it out. And there's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of like trying this and that and effort and earning and all of that space that comes out of that, where I think that if we place time, rest in God time pursuing silence and solitude, sitting with him, we can trust. And this is part of what God's inviting us into this trust walk of dependency that he will lead us. Because I think one of the biggest things that you and I have discovered in this conversation and the conversation about spiritual gifts is you are most likely operating in the spiritual gifts that God has given you, even if you don't know you are. Yes. Yeah. Like, so all the work and all the effort and all the trying to figure it out, you're probably already doing it, but you don't even know it yet. You don't even know it yet. And it is only going to be in that secret place, from that secret place, from that place of truly accepting who you really are, not who you want to be, not who other people think you should be, not living up to the expectations of others or pleasing others, but truly coming to terms with, wow, like this is who I am and this is how, and he loves me and he's created me this way for a reason and he actually wants to use my life for his glory. 
you and I were just commenting, and this is just a funny side note, but you and I were just commenting on, you know, different people that we've come across in our lives. And, you know, whether it's like, you know, contractors, whether it's like people at the bank, whether it's like all of these different kinds of workplace, careers, jobs. And when you encounter someone who knows their purpose, it doesn't matter what their job is. It doesn't matter where they get their paycheck. They're living their purpose in every interaction they have with people. They're walking it out. Like if you have a gift of hospitality and you have a gift to make people feel seen and loved, it doesn't matter what your job is. You're going to make people feel seen and loved in whatever Mm. you do. If you have a gift of faith and you have this ability to believe for something that you cannot see, that is maybe seems impossible, it doesn't matter what your job is. You're going to walk into every situation with an ability to speak into what could be in a beautiful way. And so this is the part of the marrying of this being and doing space. You're probably already doing the thing God has created you to do. You just don't know it yet. But if you lean into that being space, that dependency space, God's going to reveal it to you. He's going to show you. He's going to make it known to you what it is that he's created you to do. And the, the hard part, honestly, the hard part is for us to be able to accept it because mm-hmm. sometimes we want it to look different. Sometimes we want a different gift. We want it to, we want to be used in a different way. We want to be this or that or this or that, or I want to be in this job or I want to be platform or I want to be paid to do this gift. Maybe you're not going to be paid to do it, but you're going to bring it wherever you are anyways. And that's part of this calling journey. I, Lori, that's so profound. Honestly, it's so good. And I love that it even ties into the body of Christ, like the gifts of the body of Christ, like the body parts. Right. That we've talked about yeah. that before. We're body working parts. Working together, yeah. Working together. But each body part is, has like, they have their own function, but you can't, if you're the same body part as someone else, you have a different, they could outfold very different. A part of it, I think, where the confusion and the disillusionment come is that it's not how we expect it to be. Totally, totally. You know, like I, I, I think it's going to be more grandiose than it is. Yeah. Always. We are really have this thing of self <laughs> inflating our importance. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I have had, what, like what at is, nine, but. at nine years old, God called me to ministry. I immediately saw myself traveling the world as a famous singer. What? Right. What is that? But you know, I, it's, it, it's so cute that you say that as a nine year old, as a right? nine year old, that's like a pretty, like that would be a normal thing for a nine year old to think, but it took a long time for you to shake that. A long time. But is that not funny? The first thing was a grandiose self-importance at nine. Right. You know, pride, what we think, how important, or if we see someone else operating in the same gift, but they have a platform. We think, well, what about me? Am I not good enough? I was called to that. I was called to that. Well, why am I not in ministry? And that just opened up for them or they wanted to have this and I never had that. Once again, just die. Just die. And that's, that's, I know it sounds... I'm just saying it. I'm in the process my whole life of dying. Okay. (laughs) Well, physically we are, but even spiritually, it's very actually symbolic. Like our body every day is decaying. Like we're getting closer. I'm not as spry as I was when I was first born. Right. Okay. My body's aging all of our our cells, but even our spirit. I got some, just a few though. Just a few. 
but even my spirit in a good way, in the opposite sense, the more I die, the more I come alive. And the more I'm able to surrender and find joy and it's like, hey, I've been bought with a price. My life's not my own. But when I start to grab hold of this, like somehow I own this. This is my call. This is my purpose. This is my identity. This is how I want to live versus this is, I am God's. However God wants to use my life, and I want to celebrate how he's using the body of Christ. And my significance in the body of Christ is what God, where he's placed me. And I need to steward that. But if we compare if with our self-inflated importance, if we allow pride and ego and all those things which I have, and we let's be truthful, we do. We struggle with those things. I have flesh and spirit fighting all the time within me. If I allow that to dominate I will literally sabotage the very work and the beauty of what God wants to do. But if I surrender, he is going to do in and through my life something far more beautiful. And actually, when you look back, you think that was exactly how it was supposed to be. Right. Right. Like so beautiful. Yeah. And so I think this is just an encouragement for all of you today listening Mm -hmm. of your Mm -hmm. of your calling. I think we're saying both and Mm -hmm. I think it's really Mm -hmm. important for you to be able to understand your spiritual gifts, understand how God's wired you, because that is a really important space to steward, to invest, to put some intentionality in, some focus, some mentorship, some coaching into, to really start to harness and to hone into some of the gift sets that God's given you, because we need you as a body of Christ to be fully what God's created you to be. However, it's always from a place of being that dominates and rules first. And if that order's ever switched, it will be subtle. That's the thing. And it actually will feel really good. When we switch the order, it's very it's very tricky. It's a bait. There's a bait and switch there. It'll, it'll feel good. On the outside, it could even look the same. But from the inside, what we're moving from, are we moving from self-reliance, self-importance, our own dependency, or are we fully operating from a spirit of, God, I am first and foremost with you. It's your presence that moves through, and this is the outflow. If we do, it's going to be beautiful. And there is a wrestle. I love we keep using this word. It's contested space. It's contended. We're always contending for that. The enemy wants us to trump that always. Because then it's just, it's nothing. It's yeah. just about us building our own yes. stuff. But if we if we ever see that happening, man, may we just quickly come on our knees and repent, confess, and say, God, I hold my hands open. I just want to live for you. Help me, God. Help me to live in that space of intimacy and dependency with you. Yeah. So it's a beautiful thing, but it we is. have to watch that. We have to really watch it. Yeah, it's true. And I think at the core of it all is this, deep deep longing for us to feel significant yeah like to have significance Mm -hmm. i think that at the core of how god has even wired us and created us he knew us before we were even a thought in our parents like he he literally has formed our being like he's gone so much before us like before we ever existed god like it's it's so much grander and so there's this inside of us i believe and we're made in the very image of god right so i think there's inside of us this desire for significance but the important thing in this conversation is our significance is going to come on the being space that's where the truest form of our significance if we can capture that grasp that live from that everything else will take care of itself and it will be way better than you could ever imagine and not because it's grandiose because 
everything you do, you do, you will see through the lens of the significance of who you are in Christ. Like it's not going to be because what you're doing is so grand. It's not because you're platformed. It's not because, oh, I have impacted, you know, as many people as Billy Graham. It's not a comparison of that. It's that you're going to recognize that that interaction, that one interaction that you had that day is significant and you're a significant part of what God is doing. And I think that is at the core of our desire in this mm. whole conversation and why so often we go back to it, trying to understand. We long for that. We long for that. But I just want to speak right into your spirit that you are so significant to God. Like you are so special and cherished and loved. And it's such an interesting thing because I know for me, like one of the ways that the enemy continually like tries to disqualify me and it, it feels like even when I say it out loud, it's so insignificant, but I feel this like continual voice of the enemy that will say to me, you're not special. Mm. You're not special. Mm. And I, and I, I know it's such a, like, it's kind of a dumb, a dumb even statement because whatever, who cares? Like, I don't, whatever. But it's like a weird identity piece for me that like, Mm -hmm. I know I need to anchor myself and my identity into the truth that I belong to God, that I am special to God, that I'm significant to God in my being space. And so my effort in my purpose space isn't to try to gain that. It isn't to try to become special. I already am special and I can minister from that place. But the enemy often wants to bring me back to you're not special. You're not special. You're not that special. And then point out all of the very special people that are around me and you're not special in comparison to them. Mm -hmm. And this is how the enemy wants to just rob my own significance in my purpose. And I just realized, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, like why this continues to come back is because if I put my effort into the doing side, my secondary calling to try to earn and gain significance or feeling special, feeling somehow special, then I know he's going to get me on the treadmill of something I'll never achieve. I'll never be able to achieve it on the doing side. The only space that I'll actually receive the fullness of it is in this being space Mm. because it's a gift and inheritance that Jesus has given me because he created me and knew me before. He put everything, wired everything about who I am together. Like that's the place that I have to stay. I have to rest in. I have to, and, and honestly, sometimes it's a discipline. Sometimes I have to say, no, I don't receive that you know, from the, I mean, I have to come back into my quiet time with the Lord. It's not going to be found in my doing. It's not going to be found in my doing. So it's such an interesting and powerful, powerful truth for us to lean into and to step into. As we finish this conversation today, I love one of these questions that we had talked about um, in as we were processing this book with our staff. Where am I still wrestling with God and needing assurance of his presence with me? What would you say to that, Rhonda? Like as you're still in this stage of wrestling out calling and purpose, where is it that you need to be reminded of his presence with you? 
That is a really great question. And I, I think I probably need to think about it a bit more, but the first thing that comes to me, I, I think I've recognized that I will always have a wrestling with God mm. because my, my own flesh always rears up. Right. However, I think what happens through my life, what is happening is you recognize it a bit faster. And that's my goal. It's like, I, I would love to be the place where I'm like, I don't wrestle and I'm completely, but I just recognize, no, I'm, I'm in that wrestle. So my wrestle with God is always my independence right. versus right. dependency. Right. My yes. self-reliance versus intimacy. Right. And it's easier for me just to do it myself than to stop pay attention and say, okay, God, what are you doing? What are you asking me to do? And I surrender. And so I think the wrestle with God is I've identified that now. And I can, I think I have lived very unhealthy in this space before. So I recognize on the dashboard, some of those things that start happening and firing off that that for me is the gift that God has given me that I recognize the dashboard and I know where this can lead me that I can stop and pay attention to it and say, okay, God, I know this is taking me down a path of reliance and I'm going down a path where I'm going to start to try to earn and try to be something that I need to just be with you. I need to actually receive the care of your presence and my security from who I am from you before I move forward. And I think that's what I've recognized that that wrestling with God, it comes in different ebbs and flows. Sometimes I feel very content and at peace, and I, but I think it's just kind of like that all of a sudden, surprisingly, there'll come a wrestle whether it's a circumstance, it's a situation where I fail at something and all of a sudden I'm like, why am I, I you know, I, I didn't nail this out of the park and I start to question, once again, where am I basing that in? Where am I basing my calling? Where am I basing my security? So all those things I recognize. And I think the needing of assurance of the presence with God, if I was to be really honest, every day, every day I need the assurance of God's presence. I am not an overly confident, secure person that people see. Like I... I need it. I need, if I was to be very vulnerable every day, I need to be assured that he's with me. And if I feel for one second that God's left me, that is probably the greatest fear (laughs) that won't happen. But that would be like not having his presence is the, the greatest depravity of life. And the greatest gift is that he's always with me. But there's times I have to stop and say, okay, God, I remind myself. And like you said, we don't always feel it. It's not a feeling. It's something we have to trust. And that's why I think the word of God, if we are not studying the word of God, if we're not opening the scriptures every day, we will be led astray and we will go on emotions. We'll go on how we feel. But if we are in the word of God, no matter how we feel, the truth of the scripture trumps every single thought, emotion, and intent. And so I think that's what I've learned. Number one is I'll always wrestle, but may I wrestle and die quick. That's my prayer. God, help me die quick and keep me aware when I'm wrestling that I just die quick. And secondly, may I always be aware that I need assurance of your presence because that stops me in my tracks. It makes me dependent and vulnerable. And then I dive into scripture. And that's where the assurance of God's presence comes through scripture for me. Worship, all of that. But it's not always a feeling. But his scripture always assures me that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and his promises have always been fulfilled. And so I can hold fast to that. And so that would be my answer to that. How about for you, Laura, when you answer that yeah, question? Yeah, no, it's it's a great question. I think a little bit, yeah. In, interestingly enough, I, I feel like in this season of life, having um, having sort of, I guess, accomplished 
many things, has seen lots of dreams come to fruition, um, dreams that I sensed were part of God's call on my life, seeing be kind of on the other side of that. I feel like I'm in such an interesting um, season and time of life where I don't have as many specific desires. I don't have as many like things that I'm saying, oh God, I would love to, like, could we partner to do this? Uh, this is what I'm dreaming about in the next season. I don't have as many of those things. But what's interesting about it is if I, if I went backwards and I thought about each season, you don't always know what it is that God has for you in the future. Even if you do, even if you are holding on to some specific dreams, you don't always know if God is going to lead you in the direction of those dreams. Each step of the way really is a step of trust. It's a step of trusting that God is using you where you're at in your current circumstance. And God is always in the present. Like he's always with you in the present. Sure, we think about the future and we plan for the future and we dream about the future. But God's always with you in the present and he's using you and your calling in the present moment. I think what's a little bit unique about this next season, though, is that you know, because so many of the things that I could have even just dreamed of or imagined have kind of come to be in, in, in so many beautiful ways, even just where the ministries at the church conferences, stepping out, traveling, like different, really incredible that I, that I don't even know if I could have even dreamed all of this up outreach and all. I mean, it's pretty unbelievable what God's at work doing and how he's just pouring things out. I can't even, I couldn't even think it up. I couldn't even dream it and be like, Hey, what about this? It's like amazing. It's, right. It's amazing. so beautiful. So to be a part of that and kind of be swept into that and then walking that out is, is kind of unique. But what I'm imagining for the next season, I think where the wrestle comes is is when you don't necessarily have a plan or plans or ideas or sort of a direction even of going into plans, there really is the trust walk of every day to say, God, like, would you use my life for your glory today? It's resting in that and trusting in that for each and every day. And I, the sense that I have about the next season has something to do with what does it look like to invest in the next generation? What does it yes. look like to actually yes. pour into the next generation? I don't know exactly what that means or what that looks like. And I don't even specifically have a plan for that, but that's the sense of the calling piece. I think that's that I feel we're being drawn into or coming into in the next season of life. And, and often what I've seen, if the past is any predictor of the future, is that as God begins to stir something inside of you or even give you glimpses of what is to come, it usually is many years away. It, it, it's not like tomorrow. <laughs> and yet we sometimes think it's tomorrow, right? We think like, oh, I'm not doing what I'm called to do because I have this, you know, I have this on my heart. We think it's going to happen fast. And it usually doesn't. It usually mm -hmm. actually takes many years longer because God's working out things in us. So that's also part of the wrestle spaces. Lord, would you do what, the work that you need to do inside of me so that I can continue to fulfill the call and the purpose mm -hmm. that you've placed on my life? And this brings me full circle back to this whole conversation that rests in the place of being. So Lord, help me to literally pull on your presence. Help me to rest on the assurance of your presence with me. Help me to stay in the present, in your presence with you, trusting you, trusting that you're with me, trusting you to lead, trusting you to guide, and not worrying about 
what it's going to look like, mm. how it's going to unfold, placing my own expectations, desires, pictures, plans on all of it, but really just trusting that you're going to unfold it. You've been faithful in the past. You'll be faithful in the future. But that's a bit of a wrestle because it's different. It's different. It's different than just having dreams, plans, writing things down, wanting to accomplish certain things, seeing those things come to fruition over time, a long time. But this season's different. I don't have a lot of things written down. I don't know what it looks like, but I'm hungry to continue to stay on purpose. And I think seeking him in that presence space and that being space really is my purpose mm. <laughs> in this next season of life. But it's beautiful. It's beautiful. But it's a journey. It's a journey. It's a journey that we're on we're all one on. big road trip. Yes, that's right. I love it. Yes. So thanks, oh. Rhonda, for engaging in this conversation today. And thanks to those of you who are listening. And we pray that there are some nuggets that you can pull out as you're processing your own journey. But if we can recommend one thing over all the things, seek him. Mm. Seek his presence. Rest in your identity. Rest in your God-given inheritance of identity in him and who you are. And that beautiful, beautiful call to be. Live in that space. Live from that space. And let God take care of the rest. Have a wonderful day. We'll, we'll see you around. Bye-bye. <laughs>